0: Hi everyone, and welcome to episode fifteen of the Therapeutic Rainbow. And I'm very happy to welcome Luce today, and she's from Equilor, which is an equine therapy service. So I'll get her to explain exactly what that is. So welcome, and thank you for coming today. Hi Tasha, thank
1: you very much for having me. Um, yeah, it'd be a really pleasure to be here.
0: Brilliant. So can you explain a bit more about what you do and your background?
1: Yes so um, I, I trained as a psychologist um, but I always had a passion for horses which was my hobby more okay. than my work for a long long time um, until I um, broke my ankle and couldn't get to work and I'm kind okay. of rethought my life choices about what am I doing. I was working in research at the time very important yeah. um, but I felt like the answers that the research was providing were years and years down the line rather than immediate and I kind of on a personal level felt I want to make more of an immediate effect. Um, at the same time I didn't have that much time for my horses because my work was really busy and I had a long commute so I kind of felt I was losing out a little bit there so yeah from a personal point of view kind of a selfish point of view maybe <laughs> I am um, no, I I thought, what can I do to combine all this training that I've had in psychology, which was a you know, good few years of, of degrees and, and qualifications I gathered by then, um, without throwing that all away and combining that with horses. And then I stumbled upon equine therapy. Okay. And that was like a dream come true for me. Because Absolutely. I could, yeah, combine the skills that I gathered over the time with the passion for horses, uh, with then the immediate effect of actually being able to help people right there and then without yeah unlike the research which is much more of a delayed process before you actually get to help people with, with research yeah, definitely yeah. so how um, does it
0: work with horses and therapy then it sounds yeah. amazing <laughs> so
1: I think the reason that horses uh, can be quite are so therapeutic is because of several factors really i think there's the psychology of the horse the way the horse thinks and and sees the world um uh in addition to its size um yeah humans and horses have worked alongside each other for years and years um but there is there is kind of a a difference in how how we think and and and, and move in the world yeah So horses, um, they're very big, we can't quite control them, they're not domesticated, they don't live in our houses, so they're a little bit more wild than um, like cats or dogs for example. And then the way they see the world is that they are a prey animal rather than a predator, so that means that they have a sense of safety in numbers, so the more horses there are in a herd, the safer they feel, so they want to include those around them into their herd. Um, even if that is a predator like a human being yeah but there's a few elements you need to possess I think for a horse to feel that safety and that is you need to be very present in the moment here and now you need to be able to be calm and connect with that horse or allow the horse to connect with you and they test us on that quite a lot in very sneaky smooth ways (laughs) um so when we um when we when we find that spot a calm spot a presence in the moment. We're not anxious or worrying about the future or the past. The horse will want to connect with us. So they're a direct feedback system for us. Okay. The other way is that they don't communicate with words. So they read our body language and our arousal levels pretty easily. They're kind of wired to pick up a quickening in a heartbeat that you would have if you're really anxious or maybe slowed down if you're feeling really low in mood. And so they they will mirror that to us too. So in that sense, the horses are really great at letting us know how we feel. Yeah, Um, And and yeah, and giving us a direct feedback line in a very rewarding way, because it's quite impressive if the 600 kilogram or animal wants to be
0: with you. Yeah, definitely. So I guess that can be quite magical, really, when you see that happen and you see those connections.
1: It is, it is, because I think... A lot of people don't expect it doesn't a lot of my clients don't necessarily have experience with horses so it's quite an intimidating animal to be around if you've never come across it yeah it looks all right in a distance in a field and then it's right up close and yeah twice the size of you well more <laughs> yeah um so that already starts by finding a calm and learning how to communicate and and, and uh, read the signs of the horse and they yeah. are just gentle giants like there's very little aggression naturally in a horse um so yeah it's it's a really nice way you can see pretty quickly when people find that place within themselves and yeah. I think that's also the therapeutic element there is that you you learn by experience rather yeah. than by talking about it
0: absolutely yeah so I guess that allows maybe I guess you work with children and adults
1: yes yeah yeah
0: so it allows yeah. them to kind of go a different path really than as i know through the play and the work i do that often children don't have the words and have the kind of expression and language and i guess this must be similar
1: i think so yeah it's it's a feeling people get yeah um and i think sometimes if we find it difficult to put feelings or emotions into words um we then panic about it even like yeah. me in this chapter feel sometimes I'm rambling and then I yeah. get a bit yeah. nervous and I'm like, oh am I doing the same the right thing so I lose my calm a little bit and yeah. I think in a therapeutic session that must happen the same as a stranger that asks you very personal questions you lose your calm a little bit absolutely and there is then the horse to bring that back to kind of allow a little bit of a distraction um you can focus a bit more on your breathing so and and then you find that bodily you embody the calm, yeah, uh, and that helps then find the right words perhaps for the for the things that you are going through. You need to process. Yeah. So
0: does the animal lead the therapy or
1: does the client? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I think sometimes, sometimes the animal, sometimes the client. Yeah. Um, I, I, as a, as a facilitator, I might have something planned uh, that I want to do with a client, Yeah. but if the horses aren't in that frame of mind because they, they're very reactive to the arousal levels around them, really? so if the client comes in with very high arousal, then maybe to stand still and do lots of breathing exercises isn't going to work. Um, so, it is an interaction between the client and the horse, I think, that I, I have to work with and try and bring the best out of a situation that is present. If it pours down with rain, again, you can't always do what you plan to do just because yeah. the animals get cold and they're cold, they want to move. <laughs> yeah. So then you get higher arousal levels, so you need to find a way to tune that in.
0: So, is it more kind of that the client is on the floor or is the client on the horse for the therapy session?
1: So I work with the clients only from the ground. Yeah. Um, So there is no riding involved. I know some equine therapists do involve riding. Um, And if you think about RDA, like it depends how you qualify therapy, I suppose, because therapy can also be physical therapy. So children who who have uh, problems with muscles, um, they might build muscles by being on a horse, but then it's often more led by physiotherapists. Okay. Um. So the work I do is more kind of from psychology side of yeah. things, and we yeah, we kind of
0: stay on the ground with the horses. So in that sense, I guess they can be anybody. You don't have to have riding experience. You don't need to have been anywhere near a horse before.
1: No. And actually, I prefer it when my client has never had any close contact with horses before because they don't come with preconceived ideas um if and I I was the same obviously I was around horses all my life and I've had to learn to see the horses in a slightly different way than I I was brought up to do because now the horse is kind of the free animal and it has a lot more choice in the work that they do and it's not about Training the horse to do something, which is what traditional horsemanship is more about. Yeah. So, when I say to a client with horse experience, can you take the horse around an obstacle course? They will do that. Yeah. Whereas a client who has no experience with horses will interact with the horse and negotiate a way through the obstacles a lot more. Absolutely. And I can
0: feel it more.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Rather which than doesn't it mean, feeling. yeah.
1: Which doesn't mean that people who have got experience with horses don't benefit because i i have people that come who have got riding experience or even yeah. you know run livery yards before yeah. they still it's still the same that it did to me it's, oh yeah this is what happens when i listen and this yeah. with horses so i often say is listening with your eyes you have to really watch what's going Absolutely.
0: on Sounds fascinating so I guess I had your work picked up during lockdown have you noticed a ride in the work because I guess you can still work you're outside you're yeah a yeah of course yeah. a good two meters so it's a good yeah way <laughs> measuring your distance
1: <laughs> um so yeah we, we've been allowed by the council to stay open which is good I don't I, I'm not sure if every equine therapist places I think it depends a little bit on your referral systems as well yeah um but we've had for Equalor, um with some of our clients for whose support really shut down on all sorts of levels um, and then obviously the schools closing as well yeah. teams fell away and if you were already struggling then this was a really tough time um, so yeah we've been lucky in that we've been allowed to
0: continue with the work which I think has been really helpful. But I guess have you noticed the change in your referral reasons I mean I know in my work I've had a lot more anxious children. Has that been the case with you guys? And... Yeah, yeah, anxiety is uh, is, is a real pick-up. Yeah. 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 And how does a horse respond to an anxious person?
1: Good question. Because I often talk about the horses mirroring our around yeah. So then you'd say if, if someone was really anxious that the horses will all go running around maybe. But that's not always the case because I think if you're... Arousal levels are consistently high. The horse kind of desensitizes to that as well, so they take that for what it is. Yeah. It might take a bit longer to find a connection with a horse for a client, but what I see what is kind of helpful in that situation if I just stand back and I just let them get on with it. So let's just have ten minutes of do a little bit of grounding, and then send the ho- the client in with the horses. Yeah. Um, and you'll see the horses initially kind of staying away from the person until they get curious. I always talk about this line where anxiety leads to curiosity, leads to confidence and from confidence there'll be play. And yes. at play, I think it turns into dominance sometimes.
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, but it's yeah, it's really nice. You really see them shift along that line uh, when you will let them allow uh, some time together
0: that's amazing
1: yeah same for the client they might feel awkward just standing there in the horses and they're going oh I don't know what I'm supposed to do yeah (laughs) but then after a while we one of them will initiate that contact kind of quite naturally
0: yeah Um, absolutely and we have the same in the playroom I think that often the children kind of come into the room and they see all these toys and they're like oh no what can I do and actually it's just about just letting them be and I think so much in an adult world and in kind of as a parent you're kind of pressured all the time whereas in that therapy space it is about that time I guess and yeah kind of allowing that to be
1: and that's a safe space isn't it it's a safe space to yeah to not feel judged or you know, there is this awkward person, me, standing there watching you with the horses. And I, I totally get that 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 is something that you need to sort of navigate yourself through. And I imagine the same in the play therapy. The, 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 the therapist is there. Yeah, absolutely. So you have to perform and be on your best. And yeah, once we let go of that, that's when you know someone has found some calm.
0: Definitely. And I think that is about kind of, as you say, it's just letting them be and kind of taking that pressure away and I definitely have in the first few sessions clients going looking at me waiting for that permission sometimes and I guess it must be the same within your space but I guess what you've got is that amazement of a horse giving that child or adult the permission as well.
1: Yeah And, and initiating it even when when they're not sure the horse doesn't know it's being watched or it doesn't do judgment it doesn't do any of that it just is wandering around and if you capture that interest somehow then
0: and just by being present you capture the interest eventually yeah definitely it must be fascinating so I guess thinking about that have you got kind of tips for listeners about being outdoors or being around animals at the moment that they can kind of take with them really i think if you have
1: any pets um you probably already know that the pet because horses aren't alone in that most pets pick up on the um the the state emotional state of their owners um cats are very good at it dogs are very good at it um and i think that's probably part of the reason why a lot of people do have pets so yeah lots of interaction with your pets lots of you can play with pets so nicely and once you're playing you've you, you, you can't play if you don't feel calm absolutely uh, yeah that's I think where animals are really really good for us and outdoors you know nature even if it rains people I just read a report about how people in this lockdown over winter have not gone out as excess to exercise as much compared to the lockdown in the summer and that's probably because of the weather and it, it it's a mental block we think oh, it's horrible outside But actually, if you do go and if you're moving, you're warm enough. Um, People are always amazed by me, like, how do you do your job outside in the winter? And sometimes, yes, it's really tough and cold. But being outdoors, it's it's actually not as bad as sometimes it looks when you're indoors. (laughs) And
0: And I I think I know as a parent with young children, that if we don't get out, even if it is for 10, 20 minutes, they are hard work much harder than they would be if we just go out for a run in the rain or yeah. a run outside it definitely changes everybody's mood and I know that I am very grumpy if I haven't been outside
1: yeah 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 yeah, yeah we need it we have also evolved to be outdoors and there's just only in the last few hundred years that we you know build all these houses with nice comfy heating systems which are great but we're getting to rely on them a little bit too much I sometimes think yeah um yeah so would you recommend everyone gets outside actually i do i really would i think it would be so beneficial just you know you can dress up against any kind of weather there's some people say like there's no such thing as bad weather just bad clothing like you just need to get the right layers on and just just be outside that also makes coming inside really nice and cozy again and you appreciate it and if you're stuck in house for 10 hours uh, and you, you then have a whole evening left of sitting in I don't know I personally can't cope with that <laughs> so sometimes it is a bit of like oh just just do it just get up go out and then curl up on your sofa with a cup of tea I think that makes it that makes that feel really nice again Absolutely. I think life is a balance isn't it we need a bit of yin and yang And so you need to have a bit of outdoors to appreciate the indoors you need a bit of indoors to appreciate the outdoors yeah
0: And I guess it doesn't have to be a certain way Like we've definitely discovered in lockdown what we call magical mystery tours. And the girls lead the way and we don't know where we're going to go. I mean, I have an idea because it tends to be the same places, but it gives them that control as well, that they feel they're in charge and they're leading me. And that's amazing to watch as well.
1: Yeah, and that in a time where a lot of our control has been taken away from us. And I, I work a lot with themes around control because often with mental health, I think we feel mental health problems arise from feeling out of control. Absolutely. But sometimes I wonder is control is an illusion because we all live in a, a system yeah. and we can only actually control how we view that system and our focus on, on that system and how we, you know, you can you can sweep the floor and look at how clean it looks or you can sweep the floor and look at all the bits that are still left and that's that's a choice that's the choice we have um yeah. and, then, and and so that's and that's the control that we have you know Absolutely. we can't control
0: how clean that floor is or what the floor is going to look like at the end it just it is what it is yeah and I think a temper tantrum with a child and all of those emotions are that child losing that control in some way and I think often they don't realise that that's what it is. They're just feeling this feeling that they can't, as you say, can't control. So yeah. it's easier to get sad or it's easier to get angry with it yeah. because they can control that. Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah. And when that that's happens, true. move them, move their feet, move their yeah. feet because then they can't think
0: about it anymore. Yeah, definitely. So it's all about, kind of, as you say, physically, <laughs> physically getting rid of it, really, shaking yeah. it off taking it off and
1: disengage the mind because then we start overthinking and 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 labeling feelings for truths and then there becomes a pattern and a pattern becomes a behavior so if you can disengage that from as soon as you can as soon as possible yeah. um, it's really helpful
0: cool. and, so and where movement, can... yeah no go on movement
1: oh movement really helps us with that that's i think yeah. why a lot of people so banging on about exercise is good for you because when you feel tense it all goes in your head and your shoulders but if you exert yourself you ground again you come down a little bit um which and I guess is that's awesome. what's happening
0: with the horses they're,
1: they're yeah. moving, yeah just to get to the horses they have to walk across a few fields and you know it already helps yeah so, definitely. You know, it starts off with a bit of a quiet walk and it's just grounding time before they they get to interact with the horses yeah
0: Amazing. so where can people find out more about what you do how can they get a hold of you so uh,
1: I'll be the website so equilaw.co.uk, it's got a little um video where I try and explain a little bit about what it is and you can see yeah. the horses there so that's really nice um there is there is other equine therapists around Oxford here as well um but sometimes I think they are difficult to to find just because <laughs> we tend to be so focused on our horses we're not so great at website and design yeah. building. so um yeah and you're but, based in Vista is that right yes yeah, yeah. so we're in yeah and just just outside of Vista still um
0: but it's yeah pretty much
1: outskirts of Vista these days <laughs>
0: yeah absolutely so yeah. I end each podcast with asking the guests if they had a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, what would it be filled with? So what would yours be filled with? It could be anything at all.
1: I would love it to be filled with smiles and laughter, because yeah. I think that would really help us deal with difficult things. When you stressed, it might feel all over burdening, but if you can laugh about it and make the most of what it is, it's again, that sense of control, then I think you, you can you can learn from it. And the Absolutely. things that then seem really challenging might become really valuable lessons. And I think laughter and smiles
0: can really, really help with that. <laughs> Absolutely. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. And I'll put all the details of where people can find you in the show notes. And just to let the listeners know that next week we'll be speaking to a lady called Nina. And she looks at neurolinguistic yeah. practitioning and also kind of conflict resolution. So we'll be looking at kind of how we can deal with conflict in our life. So again, thank you very much for coming today and take care everyone and I will speak to you all soon. Bye-bye for now. Yeah.